It's time the divisional round of playoffs are here for huge games. We are previewing and making picks for all of those games on today's Peacock and Williamson, Jaguars, Chiefs, Giants, Eagles, Bengals, Bills, and Cowboys 49ers coming up right now. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at, uh, as always, at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you check out all the rest the network has to offer because your team is covered right here on the network. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl here we go let's go saturday let's go chronological yeah. matt uh, i can't wait divisional football this is one of the funnest weekends of the year because of how much these games mean and you've whittled it down to the best eight teams in the nfl and i think uh you know, done a pretty good job of finding the best eight teams in the NFL. A couple, maybe you could question, but the, you know, really the teams we thought, okay, these five, six teams, whatever, have a great shot at winning the Super Bowl. I put my money. One of those teams wins the Super Bowl. Those teams are in it. Yeah, yeah, and the Jags and Giants are really interesting too. You know, Very I mean, interesting teams, teams like that. Right? Yeah, absolutely. If they continue to upset people, I don't think it would get too crazy. And I actually expected this line to be bigger, starting with the Jaguars at the Chiefs. Uh, to start Saturday, the afternoon game, and eight and a half points. I thought this was going to be I don't know, 11, 12 points here. So, yeah. uh, very interesting and makes me want to kind of pick the Chiefs because I think this is where a really nice Jaguars run ends. But I think we can maybe build a case of, of how the Jaguars could come back and win this thing. And, and it starts with Trevor Lawrence probably not throwing four first half interceptions. Yeah. And I, I absolutely think Lawrence is much more the second half Lawrence, which was tremendous than the first half Lawrence. I think he was confused. He had some bad luck. Uh, I give Staley and the Chargers some credit too. They threw a lot at him and it worked. Um, I think there's like, but Peterson, I, I think is an excellent head coach and an excellent in-game adjuster. I, I think he's one of the best halftime adjustment coaches out there. So if they do get down heavy to the chiefs, I could see them coming back in a game as well, but these also these head coaches are very familiar with each other, Peterson and Reed. I mean, they know each other extremely well, and they'll know tendencies and things of that nature. But an Andy Reed tendency or trait is you give him an extra weird week to prepare. Coming off a bye, there's few better, and this place is going to be a really difficult environment for a young team. And kind of like you said, of kind of hitting their wall here or ending their run. Jacksonville's essentially played two two playoff games already, and this is going to be their third. I think that wears on a young team, and, and it's just hard to maintain that level that they played in the second half. In, in a way, I think they're playing with house money, and I, I think they lose this one by double digits. I'm kind of with you there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to give up the eight and a half points here with the Kansas City Chiefs. If you were – because Kansas City is not perfect, right? And I think no. that's what makes this – 
playoff field really fun is uh, a team like the Jaguars could kind of keep it close. Is there a picture you could paint where the Jaguars, because I mean, you, we both think that the Chiefs are going to win this game a lot and maybe even the line. Yeah, yeah. You know, both of us have the Chiefs. We agree with that. Yeah. But what's the path? Is there a path you could even draw where it's like, okay, the, the Chiefs kind of little rust to start. Um, maybe a, a bad turnover. Jaguars get an early lead. Can you can you draw a picture of the Jaguars not only you know covering the number, but but winning this football game and upsetting the one seed Chiefs? Sort of. I think they could possibly control this game with their front seven and their defensive line. Uh, blitzing Mahomes is an awful idea, and I think this D line's equipped to win those battles. I'm not predicting it, but I could write that story without being too crazy. Dropping seven in the coverage making the Chiefs maintain long drives, which they've been exceptional at doing. But they're not a real explosive offense. I mean, so maybe the there's you cut things down. There's fewer drives, fewer plays. Um, maybe not fewer plays, but fewer drives, longer drives. And this Chiefs offense or defense, I think, can be had. You know, I mean, I, I don't think that's crazy talk. You probably need a win the turnover battle, you probably need a scoop and score or a pick six or a special teams touchdown to win this game. But I don't think it's crazy talk. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about before we started the show and I forgot was everyone. I mean, you don't listen to the show to say, boy, it's good to have a buy in the playoffs. Of course it is. But like what, when we talk Bengals bills, I have a lot more doubts about both those teams than I did one week ago, you know, where the chiefs and Eagles get to sit back and be like, Hmm. Uh, I'm going to, you know, I, I can work on my, my problem areas and the AFC in general to me is a little more vulnerable than I originally thought. And I'm not so sure the Eagles and Niners aren't the two best teams in the league right now. Uh, I can't argue with anything you just said there. Uh, yeah. and, and the, the really key for the Eagles, and we'll get to them in a second with some of the injuries they've been able to, uh, yeah. to heal up over the course of the week. And, and for the chiefs, it's similar where, and maybe it's just because you didn't see them play and, and you don't recognize the warts, or maybe it's because they didn't play that they uh, have a mm -hmm. much better shot there. But you mentioned the Andy Reed factor and Peterson's a nice coach, but Reed with an extra week to right. prepare for your football team, uh, what you've already been through, you know, battle tested. Okay. For the Jaguars with, a, uh, you know, what you mentioned there, not only a real playoff game, but essentially a playoff game right before that mm -hmm. against the Tennessee Titans, uh, maybe battle tested, but the chiefs are battle tested for years now with, with most right. of this group. And the real key to me in this game is even if things get a little funky, I think the chiefs are still too good. They could, give up a, they could even lose the turnover battle and still win this game. And right. to me, I, I just, I just point to that offensive line right now for the chiefs. And I think Mahomes, if, even if things are bad to start, he's going to be protected. They're going to be able to run the ball enough to do what they need to do in certain situations. And he'll be protected enough to do Mahomesian things and go win this game in the second half. If he has to make some kind of a comeback because the offensive line is going to allow him to do that. And he's just too darn good. So yeah, give me the chiefs. It's, 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 it's even hard to build the, the the picture of what the Jaguars would need to do to win this game, which means they're going to go win this game probably, right, Matt? No, probably, <laughs> probably not. You know, on the road after you know two home games, basically, to get in is going to be tough. Um, last guy I wanted to mention, though, we haven't talked about enough, but is having an unbelievable year is Chris Jones. And I think the, the interior of that Jags line isn't really going to have an answer for him. I mean, he has been unbelievably effective. I mean, not real far off the Bosa Parsons conversation this year as best defensive players in the league. And Chris Jones is kind of that player that 
he, he he's so talented that he can turn it on at times. Yes. I feel and like he's... playoff Chris Jones tends to be better than regular season, you know, week eight Chris Jones in a lot of cases. Third and eight Chris Jones is usually better than first and 10 Chris Jones. <laughs> and I bet, you know, after a bye Chris Jones in the playoffs better than week 10 Chris Jones. You know? Right. Kind of where yeah. I'm going with that. Yeah. All right. So we've got Chiefs over Cowboys and not enough points to scare us away from that one. Uh, really good one next with the New York Giants and the Eagles, Bengals, Bills, and Cowboys 49ers picks. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 relies on you finding the right people for the right positions, the right members around you at your workplace and for your business. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. And they go beyond beyond uh, beyond resume data as well by using insights from your job posts, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. And of course, those things filter down to make sure you get those people that you want to interview and eventually hire from that massive, massive membership of over 800 million job seekers potentially at LinkedIn Jobs. It makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform where people already are. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Thanks again, everybody for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every single day. Make sure you check out everything else the Locked On Network has to offer. And of course, subscribe to the Locked On NFL channel on YouTube. That is the home of Peacock and Williamson. Of course, you can find Peacock and Williamson on all of your podcast flat platforms and on the Locked On NFL channel. You can also find Shows like NFL Key Predictions and Game to Game episodes with local insiders every Monday. And of course, the Locked On NFL podcast. So available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Giants and Eagles. The Eagles are heavy favorites against those New York Giants. Seven and a half point favorites. So a little more than a touchdown there for the Eagles. And by the way, all of our lines are uh, presented by our folks, our friends at uh, Bet Online. That's where all of the lines come from that we reference on this podcast. Giants and Eagles. I, I like this game a lot, and, and I think this is the one that I lean a little bit toward taking the number. Not because I think the Giants are going to upset the Eagles, but third time, familiar division opponents. I just think things could get a little bit weird, and I think there's an opportunity for more rust factor with the Eagles than there is for the Chiefs. And I don't know why I feel that way. That's just the way I feel, man. Okay, I, I understand that. I mean, the Giants play things close no matter what. Their D-line's really good. Um, Jones is coming into his own. And wild, super wild card weekend was much better than I expected. That Giants-Vikings game was a much more entertaining and better football game than I expected. But something I don't think I've brought up throughout the week that stood out to me was the Vikings and Seahawks, who played your Niners, were really embarrassing on defense, to be honest with you. I mean, and I have respect for the Giants. They've outkicked their coverage this year. They have a coach. I think they have a quarterback. But it's not going to be nearly as easy as for them. I mean, I felt like Daniel Jones 
hit his drop. If his first read wasn't open, ran eight yards, and the Vikings were happy about it. Oh, you want to run it for eight yards again? Take it for eight yards. You know what I mean? And I just don't think it's going to be nearly that easy that you're going to have to rely on receivers to make plays. And I think that's going to be really hard in this situation in Philadelphia. I get the division of, you know, familiarity. It's hard to beat a team three times, all those things. I just look at these two rosters and think they're night and day. They are night and day. And yeah. you, I would argue that the Jaguars roster is better than the Giants roster, too. I think it is, too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just you know, younger, younger coaching staff, younger quarterback. Maybe mm-hmm. the Eagles could could start slow and the Giants could, maybe. Start to, you know, um, get a little foothold there at the beginning of this football game. But, you're, I mean, you're right. You go down the entire roster and, and Daniel Jones has been playing over his head. But it, sure. What, what again, like what we talked about with the Jaguars and the Chiefs, what's the path to victory for those Giants? Because eventually the Eagles are just too good everywhere. And they, yeah. and, and the, and it's funny because the Giants kind of played an, a very Eagles like game with the way they ran the ball and, and utilizing their quarterback. But the Eagles already do that and the Eagles already do it better. Exactly. Right. I mean, the Giants are kind of striving to do what the Eagles are doing and they're not as good at it or as talented. Um, I think, you know, Devontae Smith and AJ Brown present massive problems. The Eagles run defense, they're great at everything, but their run defense isn't great. I mean, I think they average like five yards a carry allowed, something along those lines. But in this matchup, I would think Philadelphia plays with heavier personnel. You get all those big defensive tackles in the game and make the Giants throw it over your head. And I don't know that they're real well equipped to do that. But I, I do give the team credit. They play close games and maybe they get a bounce at the end. I mean, we know their formula. And that, that's key number one for the Eagles and, you know, getting healthier too on, on both lines. And that's where they're mm-hmm. going to win this game is because, um, you know, Lane Johnson's had that extra week off. He's scheduled to play. We'll see if he actually does play for the Eagles in this game. But he had some weeks off and took off the rest of the regular season. So he would be back and ready to play. And the, the bye helps them a lot and, and getting healthier on their defensive interior with with some of those players on the on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and, and if you can put – the Giants in third and long, then it's it's game over. And that's where the yeah. Eagles run away with this game. So if they can stop the run on early downs and then with their pass rush and uh, just unbelievable amount of sacks and pressures coming off of this defensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles getting after Daniel Jones, it's it's really ball game there. So if the Giants are to win this game, you're building that um, that story that they win the game. It's because they're successful on first and second down running the ball with both you know running backs and quarterbacks. It's not that, boy, they came from behind and they're throwing passes in the fourth quarter on third and long from a drop back passing game. And I think it's going to get to that point, you know. Yeah, it's it's we were able to put together long drives early in the game, got a turnover Mm -hmm. and and got a lead and defended the lead. That's the path for the Giants and and kind of the only path. Yeah. I mean, if it gets into a pass game and you got to block Riddick and Graham and Fletcher Cox and Hargrave and, you know, and then, you know, the pass is coming. This is going to be ugly. You'll be in trouble. Right. Yeah. And can the the Giants limit the the Eagles run game? Obviously, is is a huge key for them. It is, it is. Because the Eagles can score as well, and uh, they can uh, they have playmakers on the third and long situations to convert as well. Yeah, and I would think they try to play run defense first, which I think Smith and Brown are problems, and Goddard against that secondary. So seven and a half. Are you giving up the points? Yeah, I am. It's a lot of number. It's a big number, but yeah. I wanted to go. I wanted to go upsets on this episode, and I'm like, <laughs> I talked myself out of it, kind of. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm touchdown. Yeah, Eagles by a touchdown, right? So seven and a half points. Yeah, give me the give me the Eagles. I hear. Here we go. 
I'm taking the underdog, Matt. I'm doing All right, do it, do it. Cincinnati Bengals. I have one huge question about the Bengals, and it's the only question. And it's not, you know, defending Josh Allen and the Bills, and it's not that they're playing on the road at the Buffalo Bills. It's the health of the Bengals' offensive line. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jonah Williams is week to week, which makes it sound like he's not going to be there for them this week. But if they keep winning, he will eventually be able to play at some point, whether that's the AFC championship or the Super Bowl, if the Bengals advance, if this, if you told me their offensive line was going to be healthy and what it was even coming into last week's game. And it was at a neutral site. I would actually say the Bengals should be favored. I just like the Bengals more, more complete team than the Buffalo bills here, but they are banged up on the offensive line, which I do not like. And they are playing at Buffalo, but still five and a half points here. I think these teams are much more evenly matched than that, even with all of that happening. So I'm taking the points and I still think the Bengals can upset those Buffalo Bills on Sunday. Yeah, this is where I lost, a not respect, but I, I have more doubts about both these teams now than I did a week ago. And mostly because the Bengals O-line, the right side's totally replacement guys, and you've got a new left tackle. That's a big problem. Their corners are also banged up, which didn't matter when you play the Ravens because they don't throw to wide receivers. But it does against the Bills and Josh Allen, without question. I look at the Bills and think their O-line's not that great either. And I think Allen... As much as I adore him, I prefer Burrow in this game. I trust Burrow more than this game. And I don't think Allen played well against Miami and puts the ball in harm's way more than I would like. And boy, do I like the Bengals defensive coaching staff and defense as a whole. I don't know who wins it, but if you're going to give me five and a half, I'll definitely take Burrow plus five and a half in that defense. I also think the under is at play. I mean, it's I'm looking at 49. I think the defenses have better games than the offenses in this game. Yeah, we're talking, you know, weather, 30 degrees, you know, even at, at best, it'll be like cloudy 30 degrees, right? In Buffalo, yeah, yeah. is there going to, you know, would you be surprised if there's frozen ground and snow as well, you know? So um, that I don't that, think either it, team runs the ball well, you know, I think it's going to be a, a, a lower scoring game. Right. And it doesn't bode well for the brand of football that the Buffalo Bills play, right? Which is right. why I like this game. It's a group effort for the Bengals, but for the Bills, it's so dependent on, Josh Allen, and if he's making the mistakes he made last week, uh, is he going to be able to make enough big plays with um, w- with his offense? And you know, if it comes down to a really ugly, dirty, you got to run the ball, and I just think that helps out the Bengals. Except for again, that offensive line. So can, can they make do and patch together their offensive line? Is the one question. If they can, I like the Bengals in this game. Yeah, I think they keep it very close. And it's a very equal game. And again, a week or two ago, I would have picked the Bengals straight up on a neutral field. And you mentioned the the secondaries because you know Josh Allen could make some big plays, but Joe Burrow could as well. And, and the weapons Joe Burrow has, and uh, there are some holes on the back end for the for the Buffalo Bills as well. So the Bills oh, are right. like you're right. either you know the, the Bills are just this team where it's like, man, we're amazing here, but oh, we got some problems here. You know, we're maybe you know, we throw the heck out of the ball sometimes to Stephon Diggs, especially, but to everybody else, I don't know. And to uh, run the ball, not real good, but uh, you know, defense got a big front seven, but. Back end problems. Tredavious mm-hmm. White, good. Over here, not as good. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. please you can attack the Buffalo Bills. And I think the Bengals are a little bit more complete. Yeah, I think the Bengals have more, or the Bills have more holes on their roster than I originally gave them credit for, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And I would think that Lou Amarumo is going to do everything he can to take digs out of the game. And if you can beat me with Shakir and Cook and Knox and those guys, so be it. But I think that leads to a lower scoring game. 
Can't wait. Can't wait for Bills Bengals. I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. And we never got to see Bills Bengals earlier on in the season, right? So, right, right. It's, it's, it's such an odd game, too, from that standpoint. And I wonder if that will help the Bills, you know, uh, or, or or the Bengals upset by, you know, what happened with the, the NFL's decisions, too. There's a little bit of that going on. Um, the very interesting game here with the Buffalo Bills Sunday. Late game Sunday to finish off the divisional round. We'll know who will be going to the NFC and AFC championship games here. Cowboys, 49ers, next. Are you looking for that delicious treat? Maybe you're trying to get healthier for the new year. It doesn't matter if it's the new year. You're trying to get healthier anytime, and you want the right snack. You're looking for low sugar. You're looking for low calories, and you're looking for high protein, right? Well, then you got to try Built Bar. And healthy is actually tasty at Built. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for those New Year's resolutions. Perfect for anybody who's trying to eat the right type of snack. And sometimes you got to reach for something. Maybe you skip lunch. You just need to grab something on the go. Don't grab a bag of chips. Grab a Built Bar. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're the, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Unreal flavors like churro and peanut butter brownie and coconut almond. And I don't know how Built does it, but they make these bars taste so good, but they have amazing macros. How about this? Only 130 calories in most Built bars, four grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. Like, how is that even possible? So go to Built.com and grab yourself a box, but you can find them on your store shelves now as well, especially at Walmart and Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars, four-pack of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're at Sam's Club, 13-box Built Bars hit flavors like brownie batter and churro, and you can thank me later. And, of course, find your Built Bars at Built.com. Okay, here we go. Real it's, quick, BP. I, I forgot to. I meant to open the show with this because it happened right after we recorded yesterday. The Ravens moved on from Greg Roman, and it's probably a Monday Tuesday conversation for us. But I bet their offense is going to look drastically different with or without Lamar. Like they might actually right. throw the wide receivers out. Right, right. And and I wonder if uh, another team that wants to play the style uh, with a with a really mobile quarterback. Mm-hmm. Going back to the Kaepernick years. And, yeah, know, right. I wonder if that's what, uh, you know, I wonder if Greg Roman will be quickly hired there, if he might go to the college ranks and, and try right. to rise up to the head coach level of things. So interesting there for Greg Roman, yeah. who's been a, a coach for a very long time and done so well with different uh, mobile quarterbacks. But, Absolutely. yeah, it's kind of like, all right, we, something's got to give here and, and change in Baltimore. So that's an interesting one. We'll get to that next week, of course, because we've yeah. got 49ers Cowboys, as it should be. All right. Such a fun matchup, but I think you've got a question for me before we can been talking about it all week. And here's my deal with Purdy. So I have not watched every snap of his. I watched every snap in the playoffs against Seattle, and I thought Seattle's defense was horrendous, as I mentioned earlier in the show. But I've seen a lot of this guy, and I want to tell me if I'm wrong on this or am I being too hard on the guy or whatever. I, I tweeted out earlier in the week, hey, they've averaged 35 points a game with this guy, and they've never lost a, a, a game with him as a starter. So let's start with the positive. The production's amazing. Shanahan clearly trusts him. That That's saying a lot for a, a, any rookie. He, I don't think they've had to change the playbook. I think he has good ball placement, and it works what, really well in the system, hitting these guys in stride, which is paramount importance. I think he's tough. I think he'll extend plays. I think he's a good enough athlete. So 
And I also think he's gutsy. I mean, like, he's not afraid to go after the big shot, too. If that's there, he's going to take it. He's not just thinking, dunking, throwing sideways. All that being said, I still have problems with this guy. I know that we talk about, you know, the competition in San Fran next year. I think his arm is really bad. And I th- and there were some next-gen stats just from this past week. And I understand that the first half he didn't play his best. And I don't even hold that against him. I mean, he's a rookie playing, and Lawrence didn't play his best in the first half either. First playoff game is hard for any young quarterback. But there were some next-gen stats that there was like two completions where a defender was like within a yard of, of the Niners receivers. Like the guys are so open I joked yesterday, it's like Alabama or Ohio State. And not only does his arm scare the heck out of me, because I think eventually some team's going to have to expose that. I mean, the system he's in is so good for him, you know, where he's not asked to make arm strength throws. But what he does in the pocket makes me bonkers. You know, like he runs backwards and turns his back to the defense and runs into pressure. And I, I, his feel for the pocket to me is a problem or bizarre or you know, makes me crazy. I would say, starting with the pocket presence, okay, his feel for the pocket is, I would say, unorthodox. That's a nice it's way not, of putting it. Yes, it's not. I, I, and here's the thing: it's not bad because he doesn't get sacked. He doesn't run into sacks. <laughs> has he does? He does bail out in weird ways where you're like, "Whoa, where, where, yeah. where are you going right now?" But he has this feel too, so he he does avoid the pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, but what he does avoiding the pressure is just, uh, it's weird to see because it's not orthodox at it's all. And he's, a guy. he's he's smaller. He doesn't look the part. There's a reason why he was a seventh round pick and, and we'll get to the arm strength in a second, but yeah. he hasn't so far run into sacks. He hasn't so far gotten himself into trouble throwing interceptions because of his pocket presence. So I would say his pocket presence is actually on the average to good side, even though it looks weird because he doesn't okay. get into trouble because of it. Now, could that trouble arise against a really fast defensive line and and then we can talk about that with the cowboys Parsons in a second. Fellow, yeah all right and we'll just like, <laughs> run you down more so than w- what we saw last week with that sort of uh, what we're calling mini mahomes play where he you know rolled left wasn't there rolled back right then mm-hmm. you know pump fake the guy got out of the guy's way threw a dime to brandon Ayuk in the corner end zone it was dropped it was the best incompletion of the season probably but it was like a wow play but he was juking you know big slow dudes uh Michael Parsons might have run him down on that play. We probably sure, would have sure. run on that play at some point, or, or Sam Williams, or whatever. So, but we haven't seen him get into trouble with any of this. When he does bail out, especially to his blind side, uh, he has this innate ability to feel where the defensive line pressure is coming from. And even if he bails a little early, sometimes he he knows they're there and ditches them and gets away. And he doesn't take the sack, doesn't throw the interception, still throws the ball away. So it looks frenetic and it looks like he's out of control, but he doesn't make a mistake out of it. He throws the ball away mm-hmm. and and lives to play another down. So I'll fight you and say he hasn't made a mistake. Well, he hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and you're that's right. Where, that's what comes down to the whole biggest thing is everyone's like, and I, I talked to the guys from Locked On Cowboys and our uh, our crossover episode getting ready for this game on the Locked On 49ers podcast. And I, we kind of said it every week. Is this the week he turns into a pumpkin? Mm-hmm. But every week that goes by, I don't think it's going to happen because right, 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 right. I believe in him more and more every single week. And I'm kind of blown away. And and I think later when we look back on this run, it's already been unbelievable. Amazing. It, even if he does turn into a pumpkin this week, Oh, without question, what he's done has made me really, truly believe that he's 
the real deal and he's going to stick around because okay. he doesn't have a cannon arm. And sometimes when he tries to throw deep, the ball will will float a little bit and hang up a little bit, right? But he also brings a pretty decent amount of velocity in the short to intermediate range. So in a lot of ways, it's very similar to Jimmy Garoppolo, yet his eyes are a little bit more aggressive, so there's bigger plays to be made, but then he's turning over the ball less. So if I told you, hey, you can have a Jimmy G, but he's also healthy, doesn't have the injury history. He uh, a little bit more aggressive throwing the ball, throws fewer interceptions, and he's got a little bit more athleticism to get out of the pocket and make a play. That's a pretty damn good quarterback. It's a good package, right? And that's what Brock Purdy is. So doesn't have a huge arm. I mean, Brock Purdy was a first-round quarterback. We'd already be crowning him. Oh, of course. Right, right, right. And so he's a seventh-round guy, so it's wait and see. But he's shown us everything and passed every single test. So I'm, I, I stopped doubting the guy. And even his first playoff game, uh, in the you know a little bit of rain, a little bit of wind, uh, it was it was a little bit off, but wasn't making, wasn't turning the ball over, and then played a really great second half. And his numbers are crazy. He's been a top the three numbers quarterback are crazy, yeah. in the NFL since he walked into the game for for Jimmy Garoppolo against the Dolphins about six seven weeks ago. I'm still skeptical. I mean, I, I very much respect your opinion, and I don't really even disagree with any of it. But I think this run has more to do with McCaffrey than it does Purdy, to be very honest with you. I mean, I think that you just injected a Jim Brown, Randy Moss-level type guy to the offense, and it's, it's almost yeah. unstoppable. Yeah. So so getting to this game and, and getting where the 49ers' yeah. office is right now, this is kind of what happened is it built on itself. You had the the team that the 49ers brought into the season, and then Jimmy Garoppolo was actually playing some really good ball. And I got to credit Brian Greasy, the quarterback coach, a little bit. Yeah. I think you know he's probably done a pretty so, good job because I felt so like pluck him off your staff too any minute. Right. Like <laughs> in two years, two years he's probably getting head coach interviews. Right, of course. You come from a Shanahan staff, that's what happens. Um <laughs> and, and he's also a big name guy, you know, and 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 knows quarterbacks and knows knows ball. Um so Jimmy Garoppolo was already playing pretty good level. And then you add Christian McCaffrey, and then the, they get a little bit better. And then Brock Purdy's actually been playing better quarterback than all the other Kyle Shanahan quarterbacks for the last five or six years. So then it rises to a new level. And now you are now you have the best defense in the NFL, and they've shown some weaknesses occasionally here and there, and they can give up some big plays. Can the Cowboys take advantage of that? But it's still a pretty good defense. And then you're scoring 30 points a game on offense. Oh. It's Brock Purdy, who's actually played better. Like if Brock Purdy keeps playing the way he's playing, they're a better team. Like he's played the best quarterback for the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan, even with the same personnel, even with Christian McCaffrey, it's gotten a step better from Brock Purdy. And to put it another way, I would much rather go into this game with Brock Purdy and Elijah Mitchell at running back than Josh Johnson at quarterback, who's currently the backup with Jimmy Garoppolo hurt and Christian McCaffrey at running back, if that makes sense. So okay. Christian McCaffrey's, what Christian McCaffrey's done is really put icing on the cake and made it so hard for teams to defend the 49ers straight up because you've got an advantage somewhere. And I think that's the cake and not on somebody because then it really opens things up. And uh and if you try to bring everybody close to the line of scrimmage and respect the run like the Seahawks did last week, 49ers are going to kill you with those crossers and, and oh. over the middle of the field behind the linebackers. So it, it's just a tough def- team to defend right now. And Kyle really? Shanahan has ultimate confidence in Brock Purdy. So that's why I've got the 49ers beating the Cowboys. I do as well, but not by the spread. I, I really like what Dallas did last week. I think their defensive front is going to give Purdy problems. Um, I do think San Francisco wins a close one, but I'm looking at three and a half, and I think this is within a field goal. Hopefully, Meyer Mayer can put the ball between the uprights. I mean, yeah, if it's so within a field goal, I think you have to pick the Niners at this point. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's 
I don't know about the the Brett Maher thing with the with the missed kicks, and and I'm sure he'll be feeling a little, you know, his heartbeat will be pounding a little, yeah, extra, right, right, probably in this game. Um, they signed I, a kicker I, to the practice squad today too. Yeah, just, yeah, just in case. I'm sure they're taking a hard mm-hmm. look at him at practice. But both uh, Jerry Jones and I believe Mike McCarthy said they weren't going to make a change at, at yeah. kicker. But I wonder was, if two will be active though. Right. Okay. <laughs> and, but I think and this is close. So here's the the two scenarios I think. Uh, which because the Niners have been much more consistent, especially over the course of the last three months. Very much. So. Cowboys are up and down, right? And and. There's some bad Dak games, some good Dak games, some bad Dallas Cowboys defense, some good Dallas Cowboys defense. Mm -hmm. Which team shows up? Can the 49ers pressure Dak, create some of those turnovers? Because if the Niners win the turnover battle, this game's over. Oh, I agree. Dak plays like he did last week. Uh, If the the secondary can, you know, if they can find a way to to create mistakes for Brock Purdy and cover people in the secondary there and stop the run, which is a lot to ask for the Cowboys, then this game will be close and it's a field goal game one way or the other. But I really do think that this points to the 49ers couple extra days to get ready for it at home um, yeah. to, to cover the spread and beat the, beat the Cowboys. I think by something like, you know, seven, eight points. That's okay. how I got. I'm a very much a DAC believer and think wait, week 18 when he played really poorly was an, uh, kind of an anomaly. And I know he led the league in interceptions, but I don't look at him as a guy that puts the ball in harm's way unnecessarily. I, I think it's a close game, but I do think the Niners win. I, I think it's it's this game's all about Dak. This game's yeah, all about, yeah. Uh, if the 49ers pressure Dak, create some of those throwing off the back foot interceptions, then it's going to be ball game. But if, if Dak can create, and sometimes the 49ers defense can be susceptible to the big play, some blown coverages, especially with some athletic quarterbacks that can that can extend a play. So if Dak is not throwing interceptions, but instead, ex- instead extending plays and maybe hits a few big ones, then that's that's the ball game we're talking about, mm-hmm. which would be a really fun one and, and a really tight one. And that's the path for the, uh, for the Dallas Cowboys to win this game. So I, I really think uh, of all of these games, this game comes down to one player and it's Dak and what the 49ers defense is able to do to create problems for him. Yeah. I don't disagree with that at all. And I have a lot of faith in Dak to handle that. I also think we're going to see noticeably more Pollard than Elliott. They're night and day to me and it's time to not be nice to him anymore. Out of the hands quick. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Pollard gets the ball in explosive players, hands, Dalton Schultz, that kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. But this will be a good one. Good good weekend, too. I uh, can't wait. It's such a fun weekend. I love it. And we will see two of these teams in each conference in those conference championship games. And Matt and I will be back Monday to break it all down right here. Peacock and Williamson.